Prepare yourselves. Come on in. Welcome to paradise. This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. For anybody who fools around with this is playing with dynamite. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. Yes! That's awesome! And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. I don't hear myself. I, oh, you don't? Well, I can hear you. No, I, do I sound great to you or just good? Yeah, you sound good. Okay, good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PowerShell Podcast. This is our first one that we've recorded since we've gotten live, and the response has been, well, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. You seem to have expected it. <laughs> no. no. Like I said in private conversations, if we had three to 12 people, like somewhere in that number of like people who um, like enjoyed it, got something out of it, related to it in some way, that would be enough for me to like feel, oh, perfect. Um, use of energy, perfect project. But yeah, it's been awesome to see. It's funny. We shouldn't be surprised because the whole basis of the podcast is how great the community is. And so we, we go live with it and it turns out the community is great, e even to us. Yeah. Thanks. All, it, all they're doing is uh, they're, they're agreeing with, with us in our own way on how awesome the community is. It's it's funny. It's just that kind of thing that humans slip into where it's like we think that it applies to everyone except for us. Like for some reason there's some exception for the that kind of thing to apply to someone like us. But um yeah, so thanks to everybody for listening. It's kind of weird to have recorded like five episodes without having anyone heard them except for us. So it's been kind of relieving to have them out there and, and sort of be caught up on things or have at least some of our listeners be caught up with where we are now. I don't know. We, we had high hopes for this, but the, the feedback we've gotten has been, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm very flattered. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Hopefully we can, uh, we can keep living up to the, or keep improving, but put out the content that uh, they're expecting. But this has been, uh, I, I actually had a panic attack over how well it was received, which I don't know, like if you think poorly received, what would lead to it, but uh, there was one part in the week when we first went live where I was hiding under my desk at work, and uh, Kelly, who is who was my boss, he was very he's very understanding. He let me uh, he let me brood in my own way till I recovered. Well, I'm glad you took the time to kind of recover. It definitely is a lot. Like it feels a bit vulnerable for me to be speaking with you and have other people listen and kind of be exposing a certain part of myself that I haven't really in my life before. Uh, it, it's a weird kind of thing, but yeah, thanks to everyone. All of our listeners are really cool. So thanks. It's, it's been fantastic. I'm used to being a silent advocate. It feels weird to be on the other side. Yeah, it does. I mean, when, you're even saying this and I'm like, oh man, it is a lot to take in. <laughs> it is, right? People that I've respected for years don't hate me. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's going to stick with me for a long time. That's always our kind of, at least for me, like a, a fear down low is like, am I going to be rejected? Am I going to be accepted? It's kind of, especially as kids, a lot of times we have some pretty bad experiences of not being accepted and it kind of gives us a little, leaves a flavor in your mouth, so to speak, to kind of be aware of it in the future. But hey, we did it. Yeah, <laughs> no, the, the community just sat back and agreed with us and it, it feels good. Yeah, at least if we have a shred of something that we're doing right and people resonate with, over time, we'll keep getting better and refining and learning and, you know, developing these skills. So heck yeah. Uh, what are we covering on this time? We decided to talk about uh, PS remoting, or yeah, yeah. So we realized that uh, some of the the Excel module import Excel was super valuable, and another thing on my journey in PowerShell that was like a big game changer. And whenever I shared it to other people that I worked with, it was a game changer for them as well. Was PowerShell remoting? 
how do you remotely manage machines? Because it's awesome if you have automation and do stuff on your computer, but a lot of people are in roles where they manage a fleet of computers or some remote machines, things like that. And PowerShell remoting allows you to do a whole bunch of really cool stuff and become so much more powerful in your organization. Um, it's really cool what you can do when you realize you can run PowerShell on anyone's computer uh, to check on issues or to do whatever. Yeah, and out, out of the box is pretty simple. I believe the next episode after this one covering security, where the, the goal of that one is to make it so PS remoting isn't impossible, but maybe not so easy. You you want to be able to do it, but you don't want uh, random people to be able to. Yeah, so, you definitely want to get your configuration settings correct for that. If you're going to enable this in an organization, like, yeah. So with that, uh, should we do our community highlight? Yeah, let's highlight it up. Uh, it's uh, Matthew Doust. Who, uh, his website is doust.dev. It's D-O-W-S-T. Uh, and he does something similar to what we do where he does like a PowerShell Weekly. He just goes and finds out, curates a whole bunch of, of blogs out there on PowerShell and puts them all in one place. It's, it's a pretty fantastic place to find new information or if you're just looking for random PowerShell tidbits, uh, it's all going to be collected right there. It seems pretty useful. Yeah, um, he's pretty consistent with it. He definitely has an eye on things. Um, I'd love to talk to him sometime on the podcast, but uh, yeah, he doesn't only cover blogs. He has like, I think he had our podcast on there um, last week, but yeah, he always has something good there for sure. Yep. He's got uh, code snippets, blogs, articles, books and media, just a fun, fun. section. He has a fun category. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, upcoming events. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a good way to keep plugged into what's happening in, in PowerShell. I think it's uh, pretty fantastic to, kind of look through there from time to time. We actually found information in there that tied in perfectly to our, our subject of PS remoting. If I can find Indeed. the link, I already clicked off of it. Oh, the, yeah. It was the Iron Scripter, a yeah. remote status PowerShell challenge. So what is the remote, uh, the, sorry, not the remote scripter. What is the Iron Scripter? Uh, so as far as my experience goes with it, it's an event that happens at PowerShell Summit where I sit back and watch while other people do cool things. But mostly it's a group of te teams, I can't remember the names, where they get together, there's like a scripting challenge, everyone submits it, and then uh, look for, I'm not sure what all the grading criteria are. Uh, is, I don't know if speed. Yeah, I think it changes frequently. Like, I don't know exactly what the format is, but I think at a large level, it is a, a way to have, to learn PowerShell by kind of competing or competing against yourself in some PowerShell challenges put on by the chairman. So... Recently, with the it's ironscriptor.us, uh, the chairman put out a challenge, basically because we have the first live ironscriptor event in a couple of years, in the end of April, and there's kind of a remote challenge where you know, you need to write a function. I think it's worth looking into if if you want if you're going to the summit and you're looking to join the event, this is good uh, practice to ramp up. Yeah, particularly because we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, PS remoting today, and it kind of ties in. Check out the Iron Scripter Challenge, a remote status PowerShell challenge. Uh, see, also, uh, Matthew Dust has a book. I don't think it's released yet. It's pre-release, but Practical Automation with PowerShell. Hmm. I haven't uh, had time to look through that one yet, but that one seemed like it would be a pretty interesting read where I love automation. And, I mean, Practical makes it seem like it would just be that much easier for me. Uh, I would yeah. probably be getting that book. Take some solutions, just, oh, whoop, implement them. Yep. Yeah, automate my automation, please. What's his Twitter? Uh, well, I've got the Manning book ones up. Do you have that one? I, I do, I do. It's at mdoust. And his right, website, yes. as a reminder, is doust.dev. 
Yeah, definitely give him a follow. It's, I mean, it's a great way to keep, we use it all the time with uh, our prep workers ourselves for the podcast. So it's, and it's just nice that uh, lots of people out there that want to highlight the community, I guess. Definitely. So with the PS Remote, and I guess out of the box, it's all pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah. How would you it, recommend people get started with that? Well, so start by testing it. Like if, again, if you're at an organization, don't, um, you know, be careful with enabling things, right? You probably want to set a configuration thing. But while you're learning, a great command is enable dash PS remoting. Or if you're in an environment where it's like your machine, enable dash PS remoting is the kind of go to command that'll kind of get you set up. Um, but I'll just restate it again. In an enterprise environment, you should probably have your settings being set a different way, ideally. Um, but yeah, enable PS remoting will enable a target to use PS Remoting. And from there, you have access to commands. Uh, you can access it using commands like invoke command, um, enter PS session. But there's kind of a difference there. One has a session, and one is just a one-off command. Have you ever used the invoke command command? Yeah, I just was looking through the enable PS Remoting. I think that opens up ports. It does, it does a whole bunch of things that yeah. m- maybe I should know more of what it does. I just know that if I do that, then I can make my screen go. But invoke command... Uh, quite quite a bit. Uh, usually, when it comes to working with other machines, I tend to use a product that connects and is more run in PowerShell locally. Uh, but as far as Invoke Command, especially when I first got started, being able to run something against a remote machine, uh, whether it's something that has a module you didn't have, where you can go, you can call that module and do things with that, or run a query from there, or just making a change to a remote machine, uh, that was pretty useful. And when I was leaving my last job. I create a script that would let them change the local admin password for all the servers just because it was all piecemeal and I wasn't there anymore and I had that password. So I left behind a script where they could just type in a new password and uh, protect themselves from me. I'm I'm unsavory. I can relate to that. I've had my unsavory moments. Um, (laughs) Not related to passwords, fortunately. I I don't know if they ever ran the script. I was gone, but I like to think that they did. Yeah. so yeah, invoke command is, is a good command. Once your environment is set up for accepting remote commands, you can run some stuff on it. Um, so yeah, that's a great start. Uh, when it comes to managing servers, a lot of times it can be kind of useful to maybe loop through a list of servers and run a command on each of them kind of thing. Um, one thing you'll run into is you probably need to provide a different credential using the credential parameter. There's also the concept of sessions. So. There's invoke command, which is just one-off commands. That's cool. Then there's new PS session, for example, is a command to create a session to a computer where you can send commands to that session or you can enter that session and then you're like interactively running commands to the computer for that session. Um, Yeah, if you want to learn more about that, though, definitely check out the PowerShell remoting docs. Um, We'll have a link to those in the show notes. Kind of covers it in a bit more depth, but that's at a high level. You have invoke command for the one-offs. You have PowerShell sessions to deal with like a persistent connection kind of thing. Um, and you can keep running commands to those computers repeatedly without having to like one-off create, close, create, close a connection. It can kind of waste resources. Yeah. With the session, it's it's kind of like your your console you're typing in or your script editor becomes the script editor of the, of the remote machine where invoke command is you're running one-off commands? Um, Sort of. Sort of, am I sort of, because honestly, because invoke command, you can send the commands to a session hmm. that you've created using new PS session. So yeah, it's kind of a beautiful little web, but get started and figure out what works for you. If you're not using it, for me, it was a big eye opener. Like, oh, 
I can just run git process. I can just check for this particular setting on whatever. It's uh, pretty critical for automation once you start moving outside of your personal workstation for automation. You have to be able to reach out to those machines there. So it's the the more you're looking to automate out or move, the more uh, value you're going to get back from that command. So it's worth learning early. Yeah, it definitely is. It's one of those kind of pillars where if you don't have it later and you're trying to solve something, it's going to be quite annoying that you don't have the infrastructure built in. But as you said, I think our next episode is going to be with Fred to kind of cover some more of the security concerns and that perspective of things. Yeah, we're talking about, so initially, uh, invoke command or PS session is going to seem really easy, but if you have proper security, you have to make sure you have uh, more things squared away. It just takes a bit more uh, prep work to work. You can't just do enable uh, PS remoting on the remote machine on that case. There's either the script's going to have to be signed that you're running or you're going to have to uh, allow certain machines that are allowed to run the remote passwords. Like you can set a certain subnet. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things on security. We'll cover those more next week. But uh, just, just so you know, if you first are working with Vogue Command and then you're looking to add security, you're probably going to have to relearn some things or do some setting changes to get it work the way it used to for you. Yeah. If you're making configuration changes to your environment, it's going to kind of change the way things are done. But um, yeah, look forward to the next episode where we cover that and kind of tell you what to look out for, some considerations, how to prevent lateral movement, that kind of thing. I guess that kind of goes with uh, preventing lateral, lateral movement, the tip of the week of uh, just enough administration. Gia. Yeah. Gia. Which, so, one, yeah. I remember 2018, this was a big part of the DevOps conference was uh, Gia. Just basically allow users to do what they need specifically and nothing else. Uh, it, with most things that are worth it, the initial setup for something is, you know, it's not, not – uh, not easy, but once it's up and running, everything's better for you. Yeah. Uh, if you want to make, if you want to kind of limit what commands can be run on a server, right? You want to kind of really lock it down for maybe a subset of users, maybe your admins, whatever. You don't want everything available. You can configure Gia to lock that down a little bit, and you can only make certain commands available, certain whatever. You can lock things down. So we'll include some links uh, to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, and with that, just... A good example is you have your help desk. They might need access to servers, say, to unlock an AD account or something along those lines, but you don't want them to have full access to uh, your domain controllers or those servers. You can create a command with just enough that allows their access to go in and reset passwords specifically or do whatever tasks they need, and then that's it. So it allows people access to maybe uh, servers or environments that are more secure, but it's very limited to within a very specific scope. It just it gives you a lot more control, uh, peace of mind. Yep, it is a pow- so just to read from the GitHub, it's a PowerShell security technology that provides a role-based access control platform for anything that can be managed with PowerShell. Wow, cool. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's it's something to certainly be aware of if you're not already. Um, also check out DSC while you're at it. But Gia is the tip for this week. DSC is desired state configuration. Yeah. It's a way to like do configuration and stuff. Maybe that should be its own subject yeah, as well. That one's certainly. fascinating. Yeah, we'll bring on some experts to talk about that because that's not me. No. Uh, I don't think I've ever even built a, like, I know it's not exactly imaging, but I've never built an image, like the gold image for my environment or anything. I've just been the one that 
deploys usually. So yeah, I, I'll, it'll be fun for me to talk about because I love learning new things. And that one's a, a, a very popular case where uh, I get a lot of questions on the webcast and I don't have good answers. So mm. maybe now I'll be able to answer those in the future. Yeah. Up our configuration game. Yeah. Sweet. We mentioned some remote management stuff. If you get a solution to that Iron Scripter, let us know. I'm curious to see if, if anyone solves that challenge uh, about remote management. Um, if, if you could send us your solution, let us know. I'm very curious. And that's to uh, PowerShell at pdq.com. Yep. And just a heads up, uh, I'm hoping someone actually does this, but the output, this is all it is. The output should follow or should show the following information. The remote computer name, the name of the connected user, when they connected, how long the connection has been running, and the process ID. So a pretty good challenge, I feel like, for a lot of people. Like it's approachable. It's not super complex. It's useful. You kind of have a tool at the end of it as well that you could repurpose and reskin, switch out a couple commands. And I'm wondering if I'm, uh, I'm going to take a crack at, at that one. Each individual component doesn't seem like much, but I guess just capturing it all, putting it into, I mean, do they just want to return it just like its own object or do they want like a GUI that flashes with all the colors and congratulations? I'm going to imagine just a PS custom object, usually good at good output. You're taking away my, my, my razzle dazzle here. Well, hey, you can take this command and add your razzle dazzle on top of it with a different command. That's how I'd like it a little bit more. I just love everything outputting. PS custom objects. I'm not actually going to grab the process ID and just going to put a win form and like, please fill out your process ID and see if they're right. Go for it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to succeed at this test. Yeah. The <laughs> issue that I have with like GUIs, like hard coded into like commands like that is what if I don't want the GUI? What if I want no one to see it? Like I'd rather have that be the first idea is like automation. Cause like, what if I want to connect this to our chat bot somehow? Well, GUI input is not going to work. But it does look pretty. I'll give you that. Man, This can we do a bonus tip, a last-minute bonus tip? Always. Out grid view. That command is super sweet. Um, it outputs whatever you pipe to it in a external window, in a grid view. Yeah, that one's useful, especially if you do, like, get command, and you don't want to scroll through the text, do out grid view, and it puts a thing where you can do filtering within a, a GUI that pops up help you really narrow down the choices. It's pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah. And my favorite part about outgrid view. So you mentioned GUIs, right? Mm -hmm. There's a parameter on outgrid view called pass through dash pass through, right? And that allows you to select things in the window that pops up, click on it. You can control click, select like say 10 things, whatever. Then you press okay. And those 10 things are piped to the next command. So it's pass through, right? So or you can use it in your script. It collects everything that the user selects. You don't have to code any GUI stuff. You just use the outgrid view command, and it kind of does that already for you. Um, right, I've used that a lot to add like some GUI interactivity stuff to tools. And yeah, it's nice. Do you have to uh, specify the pass through as like an attribute, or does it just do that by default? No, you have to specify it. Otherwise, yeah, it'll so, wait. I, that is a fantastic command, just because. Sometimes, even if it's uh, just with testing, getting a visual representation of what you've got so far is pretty useful. It helps you. It's, sometimes it's easier to go through a GUI than it is to read through the text, which I know Linux people are going to be no way. But I mean, I'm, hey, I'm tools all... are tools, man. You have <laughs> a wide assortment of tools you can use. What, whatever works best for you. For me, sometimes I just need a pretty picture. Yep. 
And when dealing with large data sets, um, yeah, good luck scrolling through consoles. It's like way better to have columns, in my opinion. It's it's nice. It's nice to have a GUI element. I use it all the time interactively. If I'm looking at data, just pipe it to Outgrid View and keep it moving. You know, you can reference it as you move to the next command. You can be like, oh wait, what was the output of all those processes? Was this one there? And you scroll down. You know, it's just a nice thing to have in your back pocket to add to your workflow, whether that be when you're creating a tool that you want to like grab or have the user select some objects, or if you are just trying to interactively show some stuff. I just was thinking, because the I've never messed with the path through. Now I'm going to you do like a get process. You just grab all the processes. I can go through and manually select 10 processes that I have been trying to kill. Just select those and hit OK. It's going to pass them through, and I can pass it into a kill process or stop process. Stop yeah. process, yeah. You could. Yep, it's cool. really cool. Yeah. It's, it's just a nice, like, PowerShell is a nice piece of duct tape or a nice tool. And when you add things like remote, like PS remoting, like the ability to run commands remotely, when you add the ability to randomly toss up out grid view and use that as input, like all these things, having them accessible to you, just the stuff you can build just becomes so much fun and creative when you have this beautiful tool set that's so fun and diverse. You can do stuff with it. Do you forget the feeling where uh, PowerShell Billy Mays? That's not all I could do, Andrew. That's what I aspire to be. I'm so glad it's coming across. <laughs> we're, we're doing it. You think that's all? Just you wait. <laughs> hey, I bet I know there are people who who know how fun it is to like. Hmm, what can I do? And when you're approaching a problem, you, you kind of wonder that. But then you also know, like, I've solved so many problems with PowerShell. I've automated so much. I've done. I can do it with PowerShell. I just might have to think a little bit, but there is a way. And as you do it more, you realize, oh, these are all the tools that kind of enable you to do all this stuff. And it's it feels so freaking cool. I mean, it's like to be able to kind of blend a bit of creativity with the problem solving, with the kind of cody part of my head where I'm coding problems. It is a it's just a a little party up in my brain, just like, oh, we're all having fun. We got a little creativity, we got a little bit of uh, solving problems, earning money because you're at work. It's just it's all good. Usually, and if you add somebody else into your project, you can kind of teach them a little bit too, and there's a win there, and it, yeah, it's fun. It's it's a joke on the the webcast. It's different than the podcast, and this all the time is if if there's a problem, and it comes and the question comes around to me, people just start saying PowerShell before I even start talking, just because it it really is it's a catch all. If and and uh, kind of new for me in IT it used to be I was I'm not sure if I can do that, but since I've gotten better at PowerShell, I get, I get the question, can you do this? And the answer is always yes. I just, I haven't done it yet. I'm, I'm confident that eventually I can go out there and do it. So we, we've, we've built some pretty fun scripts live on that one with just the random questions like, hey, Jordan, can you do this? And I just, yeah. And then I have to go figure it out. I have to go prove myself right, I guess. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to have that in your pocket. Um, a guy on my team was recently moved to a sale engineer and he hasn't done as much PowerShell lately, but I think for, he was trying to like, he automated something where he like checked somebody's Goodreads book selection and downloaded a copy or something like that, or checked on all the books that's on somebody's particular list. And yeah, if you have the ability to solve problems with a fun interact, like a fun language that's easy to read like PowerShell, it's just such an enjoyable process. It, it When you have commands that are easy to understand, like verb noun, it, for me, I don't have to keep a bunch of parameters and stuff in my head and command names. It just kind of makes sense, and you can read it. And I don't need to like take my brain into like, oh, what's that obscure command that is just that has no verbs in it? Um, 
yeah which one is that i mean sorry no no verbs no um nouns no what's the freaking thing a e i o u oh vowels vowels that's it yeah verbs no. vowels same thing that that right there was teamwork for everyone yes. listening dude home. that kind of thing happens to me all the time <laughs> uh, maybe this has to be rethinking because every time i get advice how do i get started in powershell my advice is find something you do all the time at work that you don't enjoy and make it go away but i mean that well that is useful it's not as fun so maybe just find something that amuses you and and make it happen like my first yeah. my first blog was uh connecting to spotify and grabbing random genres and unpopular bands or i got bands that aren't played often in those genres and making a hipster playlist has no value but it amused me to no end yep those are the fun ones <laughs> um now one thing that I've kind of learned over time is whenever I'm learning any kind of new module, technology, whatever, something that I do now that I didn't always do was I read the documentation. I go to the docs for whatever product I'm looking at. And PowerShell is no exception to that. It is very valuable to check out the PowerShell documentation. Um, and in particular this week, there's a learning PowerShell, PowerShell 101 uh, chunk of content that I think is really valuable. The PowerShell remoting falls under that. Um, but I definitely recommend that you go through some of the Microsoft documentation, even if you don't read every single article um, straight away, just kind of glance through them and, and kind of get an idea. Fill out your head a little bit of what stuff is going to come down the road, what stuff you should learn in the future if you haven't already, maybe some things you didn't know about. Like documentation is a fantastic thing to read in general because like they pay people to create it. They want you to learn it a certain way. They don't want it to be a frictionful uh, experience. They want it, you know, there's there's resources dedicated there. Take advantage of that. I suppose that's better than my method of uh, just going blind and once I get lost, see if I can dig my way out. Hey, that works too. Some people learn different ways. It's just just glancing through the names of the, the, the articles is a good idea. To even know, oh, PowerShell remoting, that's a thing? What does that mean? And click on it. Oh, okay. Formatting, what is that? Uh, well, for those that learn by reading, uh, the DevOps Collective, Collective, which is the group that uh, runs our the PowerShell con conventions we go to, they have a book out there called Secrets of PowerShell Remoting, mm -hmm. which you can get that for free. They have a recommended $5. If you can, that'd be fantastic because the author gets gets paid when you do that one. But it's a it's a book that will give you a lot of information on, on uh, PowerShell Remoting as well. I'm pretty sure the proceeds go to support the DevOps Collective. But yeah, it is a great book to read. Um, it kind of does so, demystify uh, a lot of this. Yeah, on on the Lean Pub, if you pay five dollars, the author, which in this case the DevOps Collective, gets four dollars, which goes towards future conventions. I, it's funny how you mentioned that. I feel like a lot of times I went through the PowerShell stuff the same way, where it was just like I would just try. Let's just try and see what we can get. Um, a lot of times, I think early on, I would try and solve a problem, find a script that was kind of like it, and then try and modify the script, which was kind of hard to do when you don't understand how the pipeline works and you know like don't know what objects and properties are but after you do that a while i feel like it would be a lot more useful if i were to start out with learning more and then go into the oh let's try and take apart this pipeline that's the the objects i know we've got that plan for future episode as well but yeah definitely it, it's uh, i'm always amazed how long i was in powershell without understanding that it works it's object based and what that means like the value behind it now if i have to run some command line tool that returns string 
it drives me nuts. I can't even imagine living in that world. But I bet you could get used to it if you had to. It's nice. Honestly, it's an, it's an interesting perspective to have both backgrounds. Like it kind of changes the way you approach problems. Sometimes there are better solutions, you know. And, and there's sometimes where you just can't do. Oh, like in this case, the last time I used it was uh, getting the DirectX version. I, I built a script to say, can this ma machine update to Windows 11? And the, the DirectX, I think it's a DX Diag, it runs, and then I had to go filter through that text to, to get what uh, version that was on to see if it was ready. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I gave the right execute. I, that was from memory. If it's wrong, please email us. I'll, no, uh, I think, I mean, yeah. Uh, DX Diag is a real thing, so maybe it is. Who knows? And, I usually I have to Google all those details. I'm going to go complete uh, confidence. Even if I'm wrong and you email me about it, I won't admit it. <laughs> Until next week when we have some more errata. <laughs> Wait, we have some errata from last week, right? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few things uh, with our show notes. Uh, we're, we're updating that now. But for the secrets, I used an older uh, blog. On, on, I think I did for, it wasn't quite general release. There's now a general availability for the secrets module. So we're updating that one. Sweet. And then for Mike's episode, and this is a huge failure on my part, I apologize to Mike. I didn't put his own website in the show notes, which feels, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed about that. Hopefully he can forgive me. Well, it is commandline.ninja. So we'll give it now. last time command line dot ninja. He's recently undergone a rebrand. Show him some love. It's uh, I've been, I've been on there since and it's, it is fantastic. I wish, I wish I hadn't dropped the ball on that one. That one was pretty embarrassing for me. Hey, we live and we learn and he's an awesome guy, man. He'll, he'll forgive us one day. I, unfortunately I can't automate show notes because every time we have a guest, they tend to be unique. The jerks. Unique New York. Yep. I hope Kelly cuts out the jerks. That felt aggressive. Kelly, are you taking notes? I I say I enjoy having someone so good at the production value as Kelly because I just make mistakes all the time and I just throw out there, hey Kelly, do this, and he goes out and he fixes it for me. Is this going to even be in the webcast or the podcast? I don't know. That was funny about a couple episodes, the the secrets one. I think with the whole coffee thing, oh. that happened like a month before, so I completely forgot that I ran around yelling, "Coffee, where are you?" <laughs> So my, my wife listened to that. She's like, I don't think he heard you say you weren't going to stop recording. He's like, well, I mean, it's it's recorded that I said it. Whether he heard me is not my business. I think I'm a bit weirder than your wife might know uh, <laughs> from the polished appearance she's seen so far. I'm a bit uh, strange. That's uh, actually uh, a Discord was up on her machine. When I was finishing my basement, I didn't have a computer set up. And so I was doing uh, a tabletop online with some friends from Colorado, but so my Discord is always logged into your machine. So a lot of times our conversations would just pop up one-sided for her of everything that you said. And she's like, that is a very exuberant and upbeat person. It's like, that describes him perfectly. A lot of the time, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time. And it's it's been interesting to just have people not quite understand that I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just pretty regularly like excited about something. Almost all the time. I put it as uh, you're one of the first confirmed superpowers. Oh, yeah, yeah. As I'm Mr. not sure. Purple? The, the Purple Man. Yeah, from the comics, which he's not way popular out there, but he's someone that he says something you have to listen. 
but the problem is uh, he was not he was a a twisted person. You were mentally well adjusted purple man where you just go out there and you hey, you have a great day and then that person has to have a great day. You just go out there spread joy. It's fantastic to watch. Dude, I think it's just a natural thing. Like if you give people compliments, it's such a useful thing I've found. And if you're just like kind and yeah, it's it's a fun thing. I get out of it more than I put into it though. You know, whenever I'm doing anything kind of slightly kind or like friendly kind of stuff, it really does make me feel quite good. And well, that's why everyone's always willing to to talk to you. It's like, well, I'm just going to leave that conversation feeling better than I ever have. Well, thanks. I don't I don't know if I always have that impression on people, but yeah, I definitely don't think I do. And sometimes it actually concerns me. Like, I, I worry that people don't bring things up to me because they think that, like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Or, like, they won't question me on things like, oh, he knows this. He's, like, I'm not going to question it. I, I want to make sure that I'm always, like, I'm just totally regular in every single way. I just smile a lot and, like, have fun. That's about it. I honestly, when I first met you, I thought it was an act because we met at the first uh, conference. And you were just so enthusiastic all the time. And you just won the first ever scholarship to attend. Yeah. So I thought, oh, they must have told him that he needs to go above and beyond as part of the scholarship. And I didn't realize that, no, that's just legitimately who you are. Just a super happy person. Yeah. And it's something I've been aware of. Like, I want to make sure that I, I've kind of been thinking about it, right? How do you make sure that you're being authentic? And like you come across authentic. Well, you don't have to think about coming across authentic. You just kind of be yourself. And some people are going to be like, oh, that person's doing their thing and cool. And they'll appreciate that. And those are people that I probably want to spend more time with or be connected with more. And there's people who maybe won't appreciate that and think, oh, he needs to know his place. He shouldn't be having this much fun. He needs to show whatever. You know, there, there's that perspective too. And well, I can confirm, unless you've been keeping act going for four years, for those that think that it's an act, it's not. It's just genuinely... The, the the person you are. I, I can shoot a random message to you at any time and get back enthusiastic response of either congratulations or oh we should do this next. It's always it's always with uh building on and, and making it better. I think it's pretty awesome. Thanks. Dude, oh, honestly, the second highlight here. Can I say one quick highlight? I was listening to a plural site course today and it was about emotional intelligence and because I'm doing like that power cell talk and I want to make sure that I'm up to date on all this stuff, like the kind of current terminology being used in the plural site world at least. And they were like the four pillars of emotional intelligence. And then there was a fifth one, which this guy just added, Jason Alba, I believe is his name. And it was a win-win. And that was, and like some people will use emotional intelligence to get win-loses where it's only a win for the person. But I think that like something was eye-opening for me is going for a win-win. What are situations and, and that are beneficial for both me and the other person? Like Because if we're both going in the same direction in a positive way, this is good stuff. If I'm trying to go in a positive way and not tell them and like you know maybe sit on top of them and push them out of the way, that's not going to work. But yeah, the win-wins in life, I find that was like, wow, really, that's awesome. A great way to think about it. Sorry, See, second community to- highlight. When I get into a, a social situation, I just I can't focus on anything else other than I have to I have to get through the conversation. I don't know. I don't have I don't there's something about social interaction that I'm just missing as a person, which I'm trying to get better. Just just because I feel like I'm missing a lot of context for a discussion just because I'm so locked in on just the words specifically. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's 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 my next uh 
That's my next improvement. I can relate to that a lot. Like in situations like this, where I'm with people who I know appreciate and respect me and like are cool with me and, and it's safe. I'm awesome with when it's like people who I'm, and I'm not always awesome with it, but sometimes I'm comfortable. But other times when I'm with like strangers or people who I don't quite have a good read on, or I don't necessarily feel comfortable being myself, or maybe they don't know me, that kind of thing, I can be certainly super awkward. And like, I have to be very deliberate about like, okay, let's make sure that we're being an interactive kind human here. Because um, I, I feel very freezed up as well. Yay, being a human. Yay. Always some kind of cool challenge that we're dealing with. It can be even hard to put into words sometimes, but... Right. We're not so, alone, at least. So speaking of the upbeat, this is a fantastic point to get some advice. Because you, you said you were speaking at this conference and you took the emotional intelligence course to kind of prepare for that? A little bit, yeah. So how do you get to the point where you feel ready to do that? Because you're, you're the second person I work with that has, by the end of this, we'll have given a speech at, at that conference. But I've I don't understand how you get the confidence to where I have something that people want to hear. Like everything I've ever done in PowerShell, my mind just goes to, okay, you've done it. Anyone who does, anyone can do it. Who cares? Which, so when it gets up there, like, what can I talk about? I mean, nothing, everything I've done. So anyone can do it. So how, I guess, how do you get to the point where I have something, a message that's worth getting out there? Or maybe this is a good one to ask for uh, people running the conference just because they probably run into this question a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Warren Frame, I bet he's heard this a lot. And the DevOps Diva, Melissa Janusko, who did uh, a lot of the content they both did this year. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I've heard them say in the past, or I've heard mentioned at the PowerShell Summit and stuff, is that every perspective matters, right? So even if other people could do it, there are people who haven't yet. And by you showing them how you did something, you will provide insight to them and help them have less of a hard time than you did with whatever situation it is, any situation, even what I'm talking about, just working on PowerShell with your coworkers. Like that's not super technical. I mean, I'm going to have a couple of technical things in there, but it's just my experience. I'm not trying to present myself as the expert of all experts of interacting and like teaching coworkers PowerShell. I'm just sharing my perspective. What worked for me, some stuff that I saw. Um, and I think that if you do it from that perspective, like cover any issue you've you've tackled, whether it be technical, whether it be whatever. Um, I think that's very valuable because no matter what it is, you're right. You are not the only one who's done it. Probably most people can do a lot of the things you've done. Not everything probably, right? You, there is a lot of stuff that's unique to you and you've gone over a lot of challenges to get to where you are. And like, that's a process that a lot of people probably maybe wouldn't have made through, but other people can repeat what you've done. And if you've done stuff that's worked out for you, it's a beautiful thing to share the stuff that worked out for you with others and empower them to have the same wins that you did only with them putting in even less effort because you've kind of given them the blueprint. That's how I would kind of picture it. Yeah. So I have to get there because uh, this is my first uh, first foray into being a part of the community instead of, community instead of just an outside viewer of it. Uh, it feels like uh, applying to give a, a talk at one of them is the next step that I have to get through. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but hey, that's next. It's it's interesting how you look to like, how do I grow here? How do I push this boundary that I kind of am feeling? So yeah. kudos to you for trying to push your boundaries, even if you haven't figured it all the way out or completed every part of it. Like that's really cool to see. Yeah, It's too late for this year, but I'll see. I'll see next year if I can put in my submission. We'll see. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, you do kind of talk here to the community every week yeah, as well. And so Good I practice. Have, I, I make it through a lot of this, and this started with the, the webcast that was going first, is I make it through uh, by ignoring that it exists. I just don't acknowledge that anyone watches my stuff. And it's a delicate balance. That's why I had the freak out when this first went live is I was getting a lot of feedback. And I could no longer ignore or just deny that it's a real thing. So right now I get through denial and unhealthy practices. Honestly, I have some unhealthy practices that I've picked up over the course of my life. And a lot of times those unhealthy practices come out of trying to cope with like a lot of the crazy stuff that life throws at you. So like long-term, I definitely like to lose all the bad habits, but in a certain way, they've kind of helped me preserve myself to get here, right? Because like sometimes life throws some hard stuff at you and doesn't always fully equip you with all the tools needed for every single challenge. So we'll get there one step yeah. at a time, just like with the podcast, with the whatever we're doing, we'll get there. Yeah, I'm hoping that we keep on improving on this one. I'm excited for the one that dropped today. Today is April 11th. It's with Jess Pomfrey. Yes. That was a really good oh, conversation. I love that one. I'm so excited. She's awesome. Uh, uh, please, uh, if you haven't yet, go listen to that one. Uh, if you have any input or scripts you want to take a look at or any questions you have, uh, email us at powershell at pdq.com. And if you do listen to it, if you feel like we've earned five stars, please give us the five stars that help us get the the podcast out there get more people viewing more people in power shows better for everybody uh, for the powershell podcast i'm jordan i'm andrew thanks for listening to the powershell podcast with your hosts jordan hammond and andrew plaw my head is about to explode the powershell podcast is a production of pdq.com